You're listening to the Vancouver Mixtape on CJSF 90.1 FM Burnaby, campus community radio from Simon Fraser University, where we broadcast from the unceded ancestral territory of the Musqueam, Coquitlam, Tsleil-Waututh, and Skomish. You can find the Vancouver Mixtape at cjsf.ca on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. My name is Jesse. I am here broadcasting from my living room once again. Today, bringing you an interview that Jamie did with Future Memories weirdo art rockers who put out their album the art of war in october of 2019 we had an in-person session scheduled with them before the whole shutdown so we were very happy to be able to reschedule and do a bit of a virtual connect so i am going to play you a track off of said album the art of war and then we're going to get right into jamie's conversation so uh, without further ado this is the final track off their new record the art of war which you can find on bandcamp Passion with fire.
Vancouver Mixtape on CJSF at 90.1 FM, uh, typically broadcasting from the very top of SFU Burnaby Campus. On top of Burnaby Mountain, we are broadcasting from the unceded Coast Salish territory of the Squamish, Musqueam, Coquitlam, and Salale with Tude. I'm Jamie, and today, finally, on the show, we have future memories uh, chatting with me. How's it going, folks? It's going great. We're totally excited to be here. Cool. Uh, Do you want me to just introduce yourselves uh, to the listeners at home? Sure, go ahead. Uh, I'm Jessica. Yeah, I'm Marco. And uh, Future Memories isn't, like, you folks have been playing music together for a long, long time. We have, yeah, yeah. Under under different uh, project names and just constantly evolving. Yeah, and uh, as as I mentioned, it's kind of been a, a... Relatively long time coming for us uh, getting you on the show. We've been playing the Future Memory stuff, and before that, we were playing Jerk, uh, Jerk in the Can for a awesome. while. Um, and when we finally got, like, put it down, like, all right, we're coming, you, we're getting you folks in the studio, <laughs> COVID hit. So, like days before, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, how have you folks been doing? Just before we get into the, the music topic, like, how have you folks been doing during uh, this whole pandemic? Yeah, we've been doing well. Um, with our band, we're really fortunate because Marco and I are married. And we live in, uh, obviously, the same house. And we already practice in our apartment in headphones. So we've been able to keep, you know, active. But uh, yeah. not as lucky, as, like, unfortunate as other people. But Jessica and I, uh, and that's, this is how we, we met you, but Jessica and I also own a barbershop. Um, in Mount Pleasant and of course that was closed uh, I think on March 17th so we uh, just got back to work about a week ago and that gave us about uh, two months off in our apartment and then we went through you know all the different feelings of all different like types of panic and but also settling in and realizing you know once we realized that it was we, it was going to be more of a long haul then we we both were like you know well everything we we have in our apartment is for making art. So, you know, we have a little mini studio in here. So um, in, in a way we just really artistically, you know, went for it big time. And we've been working on that like almost for me personally, I, I made a whole record uh, with, for another project that I'm about to put out. Um, I think well, probably in a couple of weeks. So that project is the, the Mount Pleasant community public washroom. That's what it's called. And uh, that's uh, coming from my Jay Dilla and uh, Dan the Automator and DJ Shadow um, influences, uh, but also uh, me recording like a multitude, like an orchestra of guitars uh, with it. And I did everything right here in the living room. So that was amazing and really got to know my gear a lot better by utilizing YouTube. And uh, of course, stayed up on on all the news we we're excited to get back to work where you know we definitely there's a lot of sh- concerts that were coming to vancouver that we had tickets to i'm sure like a lot a lot of other people and uh you know definitely moaned on those days when when those shows weren't there and, and you know now we're excited to to get back and you know now that there's, there's all this other things there's you know as of the last couple of days of what's going on in, in the states and watching tv it's like wow it's like it's really there's a really intense things going on right now. So uh, we're still trying to take all that into context and, and take into context what's going on with COVID and trying to figure out how we can get back to the music scene and, and start playing, you know, start playing shows comfortably and, and, and where everybody feels safe. 
It's true. Yeah. And it's, uh, I, I think for a lot of folks who when COVID hit, um, it was the, those first initial cancellations, everyone was like, ah, bummer. Like this, this is what a, what a real downer. But now we're kind of at this point where it's just like, I, the thought of a show happening or some sort of larger gathering um, just like feels so further down the tunnel than I think any of us could have imagined. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, yeah. But both of you seem to be like fairly avid in integrating your, your art space into your living space. Has yeah. that always been the case for, for both of you? Definitely for the last yeah, decade, for sure. Pretty much. Yeah. Oh, we always keep our house pretty comfortable and like versatile. Like all of the tools that we use are always here. There's so. there's been moments where uh, um, stop motion videos have been filmed in the living room. Yeah, and our <laughs> living room was turned into like a mini studio. Yeah, and sometimes it's a a mini recording studio, and we kind of always have our steps set up for for live. Uh, we we've been practicing a lot for for getting ready for, for live shows. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely interchangeable. And, um, and you know, that, that kind of gave us a, a little bit of, of ease being, you know, being together and living together and being able to practice and in the headphones because we're electronic with no drums. So. But I can see how it must be so hard for bands that need to go to rehearsal spaces and are, are still, you know, putting everything together. Uh, Jessica and I, we've been in touch with uh, Lana from Lana Luz, who owns the Lana Luz venue. And she's starting to, you know, it's, it's small venues like, like Lana Luz, they're going to be able to kind of get things kicked off. So I've been in contact with her about putting on a monthly show uh, within the COVID restrictions, within, within the, the Lana Luz restrictions, kind of going in and saying, okay, well, we're not going to try to recreate in the small little venue that what we were before. We're really going to try to, to see how we can make the new new uh, a better new, but kind of starting off in weird or strange ways where people are distancing. We have one show booked for July 16th, and um, currently I was out look, uh, messaging bands and seeing who would want to play, and that's an, an experience as well because some bands are like, no, we're not ready to play, or not ready to go out, or we haven't rehearsed. Or I think that's kind of what we have to do is get creative and like re envision what performance spaces look like for the time being, at least it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And it's, it's good that you folks are uh, jumping at the opportunity while it's there. Now uh, let's, let's go back and, and chat a little bit more about uh, future memories as a project. It, it kind of um, my understanding um, of the band. So correct me if I have it off, but uh, future memories kind of morphed from where your last project jerk in the can was kind of coming from and turned into something that had like a similar spirit, but like ultimately was a different project. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I would say that, um, jerk in the can was five years long. And before that, Jessica and I were, were in another band called kill city kids. So I would say the evolution starts even right around there. Um, but once we once we got to Jerk in the Can, Jerk in the Can was developed in a way so that we would be a two-piece electronic project, uh, but we'd be able to uh, go play shows in, in around Canada, or which we did, and uh, also in Europe, which we did uh, three times, uh, probably starting about six years ago, and. Um, and all that time that Jerk and the Can was together, Feature Memory Sound evolved 
And by the time from where it started to where it ended, even the philosophies of what we were putting together and why we were, you know, what we were trying to do as a two piece electronic project, the philosophies evolved so much that by the time we got to the end of jerk in the can, we were so different than the start and we were so happy with that aspect. And we thought, wow, what if we start fresh and new? And I think just the excitement also of starting something fresh and new. Uh, I love the kickoff of a project and the branding of it and, and, you know, it's, it's, there's no big, real big audience, you know, jerk in the can had a, you know, like a, maybe a little limited audience uh, here and there, but not big enough that anybody really cared. So it was like, Oh fuck, we can just do this anyway. <laughs> I remember during the can being very performance art based. Like it was, um, there was a very visual aspect to that band. Uh, does future memories integrate something similar or are you going, is the performance element of that going to be, something totally brand new for, for people that haven't seen you before? Well, there's a there's definitely a visual element, but it's different. Uh, so it's still kind of, we, we always go for some sort of a performance, like outside of the box. Um, but instead of, I guess, the tension that you would get from Jerk in the Can, uh, the masks, that type of thing, we're doing more of an, a traditional visual setup. So we have... Um, video projections that are triggered live um so that's yeah we're kind of still working on that show uh but we how many shows have you had that with that with the videos yeah right, just a couple just a couple yeah, but we, yeah we're developing it further yeah i would say that for one thing future memories is a lot more complicated uh it's a, it's a it's a lot more technical than jerking the can because of that evolution. Uh, so performing future memories uh, properly does definitely requires a little bit more uh, restraint. And um, but we, yeah, like we're definitely looking more into the or we're constantly evolving um, how we want uh, you know the, the show to be. But what Jessica was saying definitely with the video. Now we have we've created our different actually like two different types of projections where uh, now. Like on our, I guess on our stations, on our flight cases, uh, we have a video that is, is playing on a sheet that is uh, right on our legs. Uh, and then we have another video that is playing behind it on the big screen. And we're still working out the technical aspects of this, but both of these videos are to create a, a stage, kind of like a, like a false 3D depth uh, of stage. And, you know, this is all stuff that we're just doing on Premiere Pro and, and imagining it uh, in, in different types of venues. And, but uh, hoping that when we get there, you know, we, that, it's, that it's good. So but we're definitely still in the early stages of it, but very excited to take, you know, future memory shows into the future whenever, you know, <laughs> that may be as, as far away as that may be. You know, Jessica and I, like, I think I, we always were, always are flirting with the idea of going back to Europe and playing shows or playing shows throughout Canada. And right now that's just like, you know, at a standstill. And, you know, for us being that we, we, you know, we're, we're, we're somewhat like in on the, like we're professional, but kind of also hobbyist. Uh, I do know a lot of other bands and bands that I love that right now it's just like seeing businesses close down. I'm also, you know, kind of scared that my favorite Vancouver bands or my favorite bands from the States are going to break up because they just, they just can't do it, right? For them, they can't wait another year and, and continue the momentum that they have, right? You know, it's tough for that. So, but I feel positive, you know, to, to at least 
get it started myself. Like these shows we're talking about with Lana Luz, like my goal is to, is to play the, you know, a bunch of these shows and uh, uh, have like a monthly show and give up all the door uh, to the venue. So kind of, it's almost like coming in to say, okay, let's kind of try to build things up. Even though if these shows are going to be like super weird and people are going to be like hiding in the corners or whatever, uh, but whatever it takes to, to kind of get that ball rolling again, right? Like we're, and we're totally excited to do that. And just to get out and, and, and play. Like we're rehearsing right now, like we have a show tonight. So we're ready to go. Has the pandemic and like it's ensuing lockdown and all this, uh, has that forced you to reevaluate how you perform this music live? Like perhaps you were going, you were approaching it one way, but now that you've had time to really sit and adjust how you've, you maybe practice and perform, is that going to change the way that these future memory shows are going to go going forward? I would say definitely the booking of shows. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Booking of shows. Yeah, for sure. So the, that aspect of, of playing live shows um, you know, it definitely made us dig into our home equipment and, you know, just kind of immediately after there was a, a, a mild panic on my part where I was like, okay, well, fuck, like, what, do, what am I doing? I was working. So we, we, we had a show coming up at the Fox right around the time that we were going to be doing that initial interview. With, and uh, when we put out this record, that was the goal was to get the, the music tight. And we were on that span. We were just about to start playing all the shows for the future memories record that we put out, even though we had done a, a couple already, we were working towards that goal. And then throughout the summer and then, and then see where, where the fall would hit. And usually sometimes we would either, you know, fly in and do Eastern Canada um, or go out and, and, and do Europe. So now it's more about, you know, I released my own record label in January, like just a small, my own little pers personal boutique label. So now it's all about building content and material for that and just being artistic, like, you know, being letting the artistic explosion happen and just kind of going whatever direction it, it pulls you. So in that way, yeah, that definitely that way the COVID is like, okay, well, the, you know, the thing that I love the most about music, which is being a live performer has now kind of squelched, but um, just going to find different ways, you know, to be art artistic. And it's easy now because well, it's easier now because of all the, the tools that you have at home, right? Like, we can make videos, make music. Everybody can do it on their, on their laptop. So. Well, um, let, we're going to take a quick break here. We're going to play one of your songs. Um, I would like to, to lead with Attack by Stratagem. That's off of uh, the re record you released back in the fall. Yeah. Uh, the Art of War is the, is the record by Future Memories. Uh, anything you can tell us about this track? When we come back from the break, we're gonna we're gonna dig in a little more into the actual record itself. Um, but with this with tr this track in particular, is there anything that the listeners should know about it? Hmm. Well, the beats are completely sampled. Uh, this is when we really started getting into, instead of uh, programming the drum machine, we started thinking about how um, kind of the old school ways of like, like Jay Dilla or Dan the Automator. Um, but basically, uh, the whole record is a concept record dedicated to the book, The Art of War, and Attack by Stratagem is a chapter in that book. And that song just followed uh, the chapters uh, but in the book, Attack by Stratagem, that's when things really start heating up and you start to see the kind of the chess game that's going on with, uh, 
with Sun Tzu uh, writing this book and creating a military strategy that, you know, that has continued for forever. Well, this is it. This is Attack by Stratagem by Future Memories. You're listening to it on the Vancouver Mixtape.
That was Attacked by Stratagem by Future Memories. You're listening to it here on the Vancouver Mixtape on CJSF 90.1 FM. I'm Jamie Sesford. I'm talking with both Marco and Jessica from uh, Future Memories. And we're, we're going to dig into the record now. You had, you had alluded to it uh, prior to the break. Um, but the, the, the album, The Art of War, is actually like a, a chapter by chapter, I guess, audio reimagining of Sun Tzu's The Art of War. Um, could you maybe dig into a little, like what inspired you to make a record uh, based on The Art of War? Okay, well, um, so I, I guess I, I wrote all the lyrics to the record, so I guess we can, we can go with that. Um, so basically I've always been enamored with, um, records like Pink Floyd, the wall, uh, that's one of my favorite records. And, um, I, I kind of always thought that potentially at some point I'd like to make a concept style record. And, uh, from, uh, watching the TV show, the Sopranos, the Sopranos had, had a few different, um, mentions of, of the art of war and how it applied to their, their business of uh, waste management and, and killing people. Um, and we were, I was in, uh, I was in New York with, uh, with Jessica and, uh, Jessica bought me the book and as a surprise when I got back home and I just immediately thought, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This, I'm going to read this book and analyze it and, and write a concept record about it. But it's a double concept in my mind, at least, um, as the lyrics it's, itself. I, at one point I thought I'm going to really take all the lyrics from the book and kind of like use that and try to sing that. But once I did that, it was just like, oh man, this is sounds like crazy. Like it's so hard to do, like make these, these phrases come together. Um, and then I started thinking about the war that a, a person can have within themselves. And I thought I wanted to bridge those two concepts. So the art of war is, is, is definitely a, a strategy on, on how you can go about, you know, a, a way of whatever it is, military or, or, you know, whatever business or, uh, but I also thought about the as the psychological aspect of, of inside. And, and I think that is the thread that is through all the lyrics, through all the projects that, um, I have done where I'm talking about an aspect of, of my life and things that have happened to me, uh, but really, um, dramatizing it in a more, sarcastic uh, kind of way so uh, maybe the comedian that I, I think that might be in me uh, to do that but yeah that's how that conceptually it all came about and um, songs were put together uh, in that way and uh, we recorded it in a studio called Fortissimo Sound with uh, Doug Fury who now has Fortissimo Sound in London he just built his his dream studio in London and we uh, you know Jessica and I wrote and, and produced the record ourselves but we went in and he engineered the whole thing and did a lot of mixing and played some guitar on it as well and, and yeah that's the story of of the art of war now sonically it's it's a really exciting record like it's uh it borrows a lot from a bunch of different genres um and yeah what do you think where do what do you hear i i hear um in your in your beats i hear a lot of hip-hop um as well as like some really great industrial noises so for me it's like a really great marriage between industrial and hip-hop um with this with like great pop elements in the background like there's sometimes when you come in with these melodies that are really infectious and like I guess 
sonically feel out of place but work with the song um was the yeah, artist strategy might even be a good example of that too of of that working melodically while still being abrasive um now what like where is that coming from like what what soundscapes are 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 you trying to investigate when you're putting these songs together i don't know jessica if you if you want to jump in on that one you did kind of mention all the genres that we really love. Like we, Marco and I both really love industrial music, uh, pop music and, and hip hop. So I think, I mean, among other genres. So like for this album, when we were, I remember when we were putting the songs together at the time, we were really, really into um, the Soft Moon's Deeper album. Um, and then he had just put out Criminal so if you listen to those albums, they have a lot of just really nice, long, like, notes with kind of abrasive sounds. And that was definitely an influence. Yeah, we, for we referenced it at different times. Yeah. We referenced it during mixing <clears throat> and during uh, even early conception of writing and, and choosing tempos. We really yeah. soaked in that record. <clears throat> uh, that was, so that was definitely one. Um, and then, of course, we just, I mean, in, yeah, industrial sounds like coming from Nine Inch Nails, um, Skinny Puppy, that type of thing. It's it's in our roots, I guess. And then we, we really love catchy pop um, tunes and melodies, so. Yeah, we're both big uh, health fans, yeah. health from LA. Yeah, those yeah. industrial sounds as well. You know, health and the soft one definitely like strong influences on me for sure. Yeah, so I guess it all just kind of mishmashes together and that's what you end up with. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting because like if, if you told me that there was a relationship between this record and um, previous records that you folks have been involved with, I can see the through line, but I would also believe very much that they're different projects. Um, what, is it, what is it about this album compared to other albums that you've done uh, that kind of has that break that makes Future Memories its, its own thing? Like for me, I feel like with Future Memories, it was the first time after just kind of been really developing the sound and playing shows. It was the first time that I felt like we had something. We were always, we were always evolving so quickly. That's why when you go back, you can see there's all these major changes because we were trying to lock into things. Mostly, I would say for myself anyway, when we would play live shows, we would have moments that, you know, because we had the opportunity, Jessica and I had the opportunity to play in very small venues like Atlanta Luz and, and that kind of thing where everything is really like tight. But we've also had the opportunity to play in some bigger rooms uh, in, in Europe and stuff. Um, and then, so hearing the songs, I, you know, it always catch me on stage what I thought was working and what, was, what wasn't working. And then over the years, especially in my, in my singing, and I sing with a pedal called the TC Helicon pedal, and I use a lot of effects. I really think of my voice as the, the third keyboard player in the band. But getting all the effects to work and, but, and, and having my voice be clear so that I could kind of tell stories with my songs uh, took a lot of work, like so much trial and error. And once we got to Future Memories, that was the first time where I thought, okay, Jessica and I have something that is identifiable to us and easy to write to. The next Future Memories record, I will be referencing that record so we can have an evolution. We write music for one purpose and one purpose only, and that's the live show. When we write music, we think, how is this gonna fit in with the other songs? What part of the show needs something? 
and and for us the show is almost like a, like for me anyway like a broadway play uh the lyrics from song to song are connected and i want to walk into an audience that doesn't know who i am and through all the effects tell a story that hopefully i can hold until the end that by the end of it they'll be scratching their heads thinking like either they think they know what i'm talking about or they're just completely confused what i'm talking about and whether there's a real thread of of sincerity in my music or in the words or whether i'm being completely uh, using sarcasm or not to me, I'm still one. I, I look at my lyrics and wonder the same thing. Like, exactly what is it that I'm trying to say? So, I'm a big Mike Patton fan. He's my favorite lyricist of all time. So, and also my favorite musician of all time. Some Vancouver musicians are my favorite as well, but he's my my favorite of all time. Like, Jordan uh, can for me, like the sarcasm and humor of any of the like the imaging or or some of the music like really kind of came through where this one, this one doesn't so much. Well, I don't know. Cause it jumps around. Like sometimes that sarcasm and, or that you, like you said that, that uh, the comedian that you feel lives inside you, like sometimes it does come out, but it's, it's certainly more subdued on this record. I feel. That was actually semi-intentional. Um, Cause like with jerk in the can, there was always like, um, kind of an in-your-face, like, aggressive nature, but also, like, obviously we're not aggressive people, so it was kind of like you're putting that on, and it, there was a bit of comedy around it, and that was a string through Jerk of the Can. At some point, you kind of want to have a more serious kind of nature. So we did kind of remove a little bit of the comedy element to future memories. Like you think that? Yeah, and I think like one thing, one kind of thread that happened is Jessica and I. We were in a band called Kill City Kids, and we had just started. Uh, we had been in that band for for a bunch of years, but we were just starting to to do some out of town shows, and and we were you know going up to uh, just basically Calgary and Edmonton and back, doing that a couple times, and then playing a lot of Vancouver shows. And we had a guitar player that was playing with us, and he, he was an amazing, uh, killer guitar player. And uh, but at one point we decided that we were going to do a two piece because we really wanted to go start playing shows in Europe and we realized that as a two-piece we wanted to play with bands that were real bands we didn't want to be considered like a like a electronic act that wasn't like a like we, we wanted to be able to play with punk bands and metal bands and for us that meant coming out and just like screaming and just tons like our first shows were like more like Dillinger Escape Plan then and we just came out like just and it felt great it was cathartic and it just felt amazing and that aspect of this of just coming out and having tons of distortion on the keyboards uh that aspect always remained but we started noticing that we had these moments that were dark like that but kind of also like Enya if you know who Enya is we kind of like just a, a we got really comfortable at being hypnotic and not chaotic. And that is our drive is, is that's the feeling in our music for us is how to be hypnotic, uh, which makes it very difficult to play. There's a lot of elements going on in the music and we rehearse, you know, lots to get it happen. And at this point, I think that we're, you know, we're, we're just getting better and better all the time, but you know, the, the criticism on our part is, is there for sure. I think it's a really interesting way and it like, totally makes sense in, in how you're describing it. And cause there's, there's like elements of, of psychedelia within future memories that doesn't lend itself to psychedelic music per se, or, 
but it also has like the the hypnotic nature of like recurring beats and uh, and looping and at the same time like you still have that abrasive element to it so there there's a lot going on and it's certainly complex and and like i said before it's it's very interesting um and uh, like captures such a, a wide array of emotion too um now just pivoting just a little bit um the album alone uh, as a, as a piece of music isn't all that kind of came with this record there was a, a uh like a series of videos that came along with it. And it looks like you've, you've done videos for each of the songs on the record. Am I right? Yeah. Can you maybe tell us a little bit about uh, why you felt that was necessary? And uh, if you worked with anybody who you worked with and, and what the process was like in creating that element of this, of this project. Yeah, we, um, well, the main goal was so that we could have the, the live uh, visuals show um, for our set and so basically we wanted to have a video for every single song so that it, it could be projected while we play. And that's what you're seeing those videos are what's being yeah. projected on our on our legs not in the back but on our legs. So that was the goal for that and um, I mean it makes more sense to get get it all ready instead of just adding one video at a time and Marco was the one who made all of those uh, videos in Premiere Pro. And the reason they look like that is because that was my first time ever using Premiere Pro and I tied everything to the beats. And, um, you know, for me, when I was younger, I experimented a lot with LSD and uh, that's like my biggest influence that more than Mike Patton. Uh, so trying to capture that, trying to think, OK, whoever, whoever's fucked up on acid will watch this and just be like, you know, hopefully like, wow, like there's something there. Definitely the music is thought of completely in that way. So. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, it all works. <laughs> I can, I, I, that all makes sense, too. <laughs> cool. Now, uh, just, just wrapping up here, um, you, uh, one thing in, in my interactions with both of you uh, that I've noticed is that you're, you're both such big fans of the local music scene here. Yeah. Um, and you, Marco, you mentioned it, like some of your favorite lyricists and songwriters are from right here. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's something that I've, I've always said is that some of my all time favorite records are by bands that like came and went and nobody will, nobody will ever remember them. Oh, for sure. Um, I wouldn't yeah. be the musician I am without some, especially <clears throat> like different periods. Uh, I really was mega going out to shows in the late 90s early 2000s and there's a few of those bands that definitely are in my dna that those bands taught me you know what a live band is is supposed to be uh but also currently you know for sure well with with that in mind which artists are you really getting excited about um okay well i definitely don't want to miss anybody because there's a lot of friends out there as well um uh mike allen who I think a lot of people might know as, as Dick Smash, um, but Mike Allen um, is, uh, uh, I guess, a jazz artist in Vancouver that does a lot of different projects. He has a, a project called Space Elevator, uh, which is a 20-piece uh, orchestra, and but he also plays in uh, Big Evil, uh, very much also a big Mike Patton fan and a John Zorn fan. He would be. So this is a, a person that actually is, he's a lot younger than I am, but I, I really look up to him as one of the great musicians. Um, I would say one of my favorite lyricists in, in the world, let alone Vancouver and songwriters is uh, a Jeff from Devours. 
um, just absolutely am such a fan of Devours. I think that uh, I, I, I tear up lots when I listen to Devours. The, uh, the lyrics to me are, are just absolutely amazing. Um, I feel like he's really talking about uh, his life and he's being very specific, but he's, being, he's doing it in such a, uh, an amazing way that I feel like it absolutely applies to my life as well. And, and I feel like he talks to me like he's a, a father and a brother. And, um, so that's like what probably ended some pretty high, high praise, but I love Devours so much. I've seen Devours play a lot. Um, also the band actors, uh, a really an amazing live band that I've seen a bunch of times and Jessica introduced me to uh Woolworm. You know, really there's, there's, there's a lot of, of, cause we go out a lot and see bands and a lot of, and I don't want to miss anybody, but, uh, what about you, Jessica? Yeah. I mean, obviously the bands that Marco already mentioned, but, um, yeah, Woolworm, I could, listen to that album I don't know the name of the album it has a pink cover but I could listen to it like as many times as yeah whatever um devours a lot of respect for for him and um his songs and his writing um well stork I really love storks they're really interesting live they have they have like a very arty dramatic element but it's yeah it, it's fun yeah Silvacole is brand new and what what was um, it, what what uh, uh, the there's blessed. Oh, we used to love going to see blessed. I haven't seen them in a couple of years, but they are really really great. Very passionate. Um, yeah, I mean we could go on and on and on, but you know this the city is is a, is a great city, and you know this city was at a at the tipping point right before the COVID happened, and I've noticed this happening for a couple of years where, you know, the, the, there's always going to be a strong sense of of people that go out that the hardcores that are going to go out and see shows the kids are going to make music and they're going to put on their lo- their own their own shows somehow in cheap venues somewhere but there's that tipping point where people start going out and the scene starts to look exciting i was you know seeing shows at sbc and pat's pub where i was like wow there's a lot of people here that seem like they're just out because they they think that going to see a live show is going to be a fun experience and i saw a lot of like live sound setups in venues that were good you know the rickshaw the fox the killer sounds you know where local bands would sound great and we were at a really nice spot and right now we're you know we're at a really ugly spot where we're trying to figure out but you know hopefully that people will remember that it wasn't that long ago that i think that things were on the up and up and thriving so and that's the goal is to get back to there as as quickly but also as safely as possible right? well uh, i'd like to to play this out with nrg or nrj um anything that we should know about this track before we we move on mm. well this song we were just rehearsing right before you uh before we started doing this interview and this song is constantly uh being tweaked and evolved uh, so it, live i think it sounds kind of different now but uh um that one the energy that was you know that's just part of the the story what do you think jessica yeah that that song is supposed to kind of like it's it's kind of in the middle of the album you're supposed to reach a kind of you know peak level of energy tempo wise and all that um i guess that i think that was the main purpose of the song at first and then obviously it kind of got fleshed out but um and it's really, I would say, the it starts to get very personal in the lyric. This is where the book and the personal really uh, start to start to meet up. Wonderful. Well, this is it. 
Energy or NRJ by Future Memories off their record, The Art of War, folks. Thank you very much for chatting. Yeah, thank you so thank much. You thank, much. Thanks for doing this, and yeah. thanks for you continuing to to help the scene and grow the scene. It's so important what you do. You know, we're totally supportive. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. This is it. This is it. you're listening to it on the Vancouver Mix. Hey, take care, folks. Okay. Bye bye. See ya.
understand we must pick all right that was nrg or nrj by future memories from their record the art of war which you can find now on bandcamp thanks to the fine folks for meeting up with jamie over the internet and having a conversation Close to the end of the mixtape, and we've got just a little bit more time, so I'm going to play a track off of the new ambient record by local weirdo S. Lord Efferman. There's some swears in there that I'm not actually going to say. And S. Lord Efferman is encouraging that instead of giving this album money, you direct your funds to black and indigenous-led initiatives in Vancouver, which you can find at mutualaid.shadowsmile.ca. Uh, you can find this on Bandcamp. It's called Brain Donor. This track is called For Yourself. Enjoy.
Okay, that's it for the Vancouver Mixtape here on CJSF.ca, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and the Google Play Store. Uh, You just heard a new ambient track called For Yourself from the ambient record Brain Donor by S. Lord Efferman. You can find that on Bandcamp, slordefferman.bandcamp.com, but actually the words. Thanks for listening to this episode with Future Memories. You can find them on Bandcamp too, and you can find me and Jamie back here next week on CJSF and the Vancouver Mixtape. Bye.